Are you a pastor or ministry leader? Are your everyday ministry responsibilities taking a toll in your life? It's time to let God minister to you. Come away with your spouse and be quiet before God. Focus on the Family Canada has designed a seven-day retreat for couples in ministry. Come visit us at Kareth Retreats, a quiet place to receive from God and deepen your connection to Him, your spouse, and your calling. Find rest, find renewal, find reconnection with God. Find out more at karethretreats.ca. If I prioritize obedience, I can actually create negative character because the kid's alive, because they don't want to be punished. They'll cheat because they have to earn an A because their dad has stressed them out so much. They, so they end up exhibiting negative character qualities to maintain a look of obedience, which adds to the pain of the heart. Yeah. And now they're in the room crying, or now they're irritable and critical and negative and argumentative, and we wonder why. Well, it's because we created this scene that obedience is what we celebrate here. We celebrate a transformed heart, relying on the Holy Spirit, which means we better be praying for our kids. Dr. Kathy Cook joins us again today on Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, one of the things as a parent, especially as the kids are out of the house or almost out of the house, wherever you're at in that journey, so many of us with older children are saying, I wish I could get that do over, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If I could just do a few things differently, I think think the results would have been better. Hey, today we're going to talk with a very special guest who will give you in that parenting seat some great advice to concentrate on character development, uh, even more than behavior. And that's the cornerstone of what point we want to make. And Mm -hmm. Kathy Cook has done a fantastic job in her book, Parent Differently. It's natural in our culture to want to aim at behavior because it makes us as parents look good Mm -hmm. that the kids are buttoned down, they do everything well. But underneath that, if they don't have the character driving that behavior, you're going to be in trouble when those kids go off to college or leave the home for anything as young adults. Yeah. Yeah, there was so much good content in the last episode, and if you didn't get a chance to listen or watch, uh, hit our website. We've got links to the app, uh, to the YouTube channel, and uh, other places that you can listen. Uh, Dr. Kathy Cook is a passionate champion of children and is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids. She speaks to parents and educators, even children themselves, and her latest book, Um, is called Parent Differently, Raise Kids with Biblical Character that Changes Culture. Kabang! It's a terrific resource. (laughs) Uh, Get a copy from us, and uh, and you'll have a a different parenting outlook. Uh, The details are at focusonthefamily.ca. Man, I just love the title, because that's what we want as Christian parents, our kids to be equipped to change the culture in front of them, right, for God's glory, which is a good goal. Kathy, good to have you back. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited to Thank you. sit with you a second day. And if people miss day one, they need to go back and, and listen to it because there's so much rich advice. Let's kick it off. Let's go right into a question that I couldn't get to last time, and that is, you know, biblical character versus Christ-like character. Aren't they one and the same? No. Thank you so much for asking. I don't <laughs> think they're the same. And a lot I, of people are scratching their heads going, yeah, they should be the same. Well, one of the reasons I label it biblical character is I think the Old Testament and the New Testament are both important. I think the scripture is full of so many examples for character, not just Jesus. Obviously, Jesus Christ ought to be the role model of all that we become. And there's also Esther and Daniel and Paul and Moses and David and, hello, Caleb 
and Ruth and so many who exhibit the qualities that we would want for our lives and for our kids. And let's call those out. Those people are in the scripture on purpose. And we can draw from them great lessons about character, God's way and God's will for us, not just Christ-like, but biblical. Well, let me interject there, because, Kathy, it's really funny when you look at the characters of the Bible, because you may not want to emulate their early lives. Right, because that's something to talk about. God is dealing with people that are not, they're kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. You know, think Mm -hmm. of Paul, his great conversion on the Damascus Road. I mean, he was a zealot, killing Christians, going after them doing it out of his religious conviction, and then, boom, Jesus gets a hold of him. Then it's a good man to emulate. And then he has a thorn in his side, right. but he doesn't give up or give in. I, there's, it's not recorded that he sits down and complains all day, and he doesn't do what he's called to do. Same thing with David. You know, There's bumps in the road for David's life, for sure, but he's called out for being, having a heart for the Lord. So let's teach our kids that yesterday is yesterday, and today can be amazing. Yeah. And then there's fruit of the Spirit and Micah 6.8 and the one another's of the New Testament and just so many passages that we need to be using to train up our children to be who God's created them to be. So that's why it's biblical character. And, and then speak to the emphasis of Christ-centered character. Definitely. Other-centered. <laughs> I want to make sure that is dominant yeah, here. I mean, other-centered, humble Um, carrying the cross all the way to the finish line. So he's the example of perseverance, diligence, effort, humility, teachability, even Jesus. Um, Just so much that's there for us. Mm, I I was going to say that, you know, there's always this conflict, it seems, between truth and grace. And of course, Jesus was all of that. But so often we look at the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness. Mm -hmm. And we're going, oh, those aren't really competitive win, zero-sum game attributes. Mm. <laughs> They're the exact opposite. And they tend to war against our fleshly nature. Sure. So how do you – you're teaching a 12-year-old, okay? Oh. <laughs> I mean, critically, critically important. And let's – like meekness isn't weakness, like my pastor teaches. We've got to teach the words. And you guys, we have to use the words and, and use them well and catch our kids being good. And don't just say, hey, you were good, but say, I noticed – that you took a back seat and you let your brother shine in his moment. I'm so proud of you Mm. for not indicating that you were jealous or afraid or disappointed, but you celebrated your brother. And that that's our value that we're a family that is together in unity. And thank you for showing us that today. Yeah. Kathy, the practical side of all this, let's kick off where we left off last time and speak to uh, the core needs that our children have. Mm -hmm. I think every parent should memorize these. Oh, thanks. But what are those core needs that children have and that we as parents need to answer so that they can be healthier? Right. So security, who can I trust? First and foremost, it's the firm foundation, I pray. And then identity, who am I? We have to know who we are. By the way, we have an identity crisis in our culture because we have a security crisis. Right. When kids don't know who to trust and who to listen to and who to believe, they'll go wherever the wind blows them. And then belonging, who wants me? Purpose, why am I alive? And competence, what do I do well? And one of the points I make in the book is that it's our character that causes these needs to be met. Now, it's primarily God, the triune God. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit meets these needs. And yet we also have a role to play. So when children are discerning, they can be secure. When children are honest, they can have a healthy identity. When children are helpful and friendly and loyal and dependable, their friendships become better and they won't be angry that they're lonely all the time. 
when children have hope and optimism and other centeredness, they'll believe that they were created on purpose and they won't succumb to the doubt and to the negativity in our culture. And when they have skills and ability and they're careful and they persevere and all of that, then they have competence and they can be who God's created them to be. So character matters. It, it matters tremendously because these are why we are struggling. And character is a way to settle them. Mm. In adults, well, yeah, and adults, give them confidence. and then for kids as well. Make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. You refer to something called the pyramid effect yeah. related to this. What, yeah. What's the pyramid effect and how do we apply it for children's character? Yeah, I appreciate that question. So let's go to identity. Identity is who am I? So do kids define themselves as I respect myself, I, I use effort without fear, I'm brave, I'm honest, I'm... I'm patient with grandma. So identity, then that allows me to be secure in myself because I know who I am. And so it goes down the pyramid, not instead of God, but in addition to God, I know who I am. And I don't have to have somebody looking at me to make me be good. I can be good because I'm good because God is changing my heart because the Holy Spirit is real in my life. And then my belonging will be healthy because I'm agreeable and I'm patient and I have, hum- I'm humil- I-, I have humility and I respect myself. And then if I have belonging, I have people to serve and I'm in healthy relationships, then I believe I have purpose because we live out our purpose by influencing others. Mm. That's how character changes culture, by being influential with other people. And then our competence comes again from that identity that, okay, I respect myself, I have self-control, I'm brave, I'm compassionate, I'm careful, I'm diligent. This is who I am, and this is who I'm going to show up. So there's a spelling test. There's a math test. There's a piano recital. There's an opportunity to shovel snow at the neighbors like we talked about yesterday or the example of shoveling manure that you talked about yesterday. (laughs) I should have thought of snow. But no, that's a real example of doing hard things that we don't necessarily want to do. But by the way, when I ask young people, how do you find your skills, your passions, your talents, and your delights? By serving. I can't tell you how many young adults and how many teenagers have raised their hands to tell me that when they served, when they initially did not want to do what dad told them to do, they found themselves. And why? Because character shows up when you're in a difficult place or not, but it often does because you're raising your kids to be well and do well when no one is looking. In fact, that kind of leans into the next question. What are the strengths that our children may possess? How do we identify them? And then how do we encourage them to use them? in everyday life. Yeah, it's such an interesting question. I've been on the broadcast before to talk about how kids have so many strengths, but how many of us have found that their strengths get them into trouble, right? <laughs> so as an example, the three of us are word smart and we can talk up a storm, but too much talking isn't good when you're supposed to be listening. So what character Have you been qualities? talking to Jean? No. <laughs> I don't think she might recommend to me. You know, I live with myself, you know. But we, we need self-respect so that we believe that we are worthy of biblical character and we want to use the qualities well because we respect ourselves. And we need self-control so we can use the qualities well so that Chatty Cathy is able to be quiet and put listening first because I put other people above myself. And then the third quality that will change us is respect for others because character shows up in relationship. I don't want biblical characters so that I'm known to be a good person. Mm. I want biblical characters so that God is on display and so that people are loved and honored and helped and delighted and full of joy and gratitude. If we can spend time with people and change them, again, we change culture. So self-respect, I'm a person worthy of biblical character. Mom and dad need to teach me who I am because I matter. Self-respect. Not I'm better than you are, but I'm capable of, wow, wait until I grow up, right? (laughs) And then self-control so that I can use all the strengths in good and honoring ways. Mm -hmm. Self-control is, 
um, being able to use the strengths for good and not evil, and it's impulse control. Imagine this, mm. where kids don't automatically do what they could do, but they slow down and they stop a moment and wonder if it would be good for them. Kind of front brain yes. context. And you, and you know what? Another, judgment. Yeah. And another thing about self-control that I found really interesting, if you think about it this way, when we are self-controlled, we are making decisions based on values, not circumstances. Mm. So we've got to teach our children our values. In our family, we do things this way. So now when they're out and about and we're maybe not there Mm -hmm. and they could be tempted to do or be somebody, they're thinking, wait, but my family values. So that's self-control. It's so rich. And then again, the third one, respect for others, so that I want to use my strengths only to bless other people. Those three, along with joy, gratitude, and self-efficacy, if we just do those six, we'll be doing a really good work for the life of our kids. Yeah, that is so good and so doable, right? It is. It's not impossible. No, we... We have to slow down and want it for ourselves and our kids. When it says, you know, to become, so many say to become a student of your child. That's what yes. this is talking about. Uh, you're working on your doctorate uh, just a few years ago, and <laughs> uh, and you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm starting to gain this knowledge. And then Jesus, like he often does through the Holy Spirit, decides to teach you a little lesson <laughs> while you're working on your doctorate. What happened and what did he teach you? Oh, it's so fun to talk about this. So, yeah, forever ago, earning a PhD, and one of my assigned topics was effective teaching. So I was assigned certain books, and then I could choose certain resources that I wanted. I went back all the way back to the 1800s in the one-room schoolhouse, what made a teacher good. And then no joke, like the Holy Spirit whacks me upside of the head. And he's like, you might want to study Jesus. He was the best teacher who ever lived. <laughs> right? Good. I mean, think about it because we're and still— you're at a secular college. I was at a secular yeah, college. Yeah, this is even better. So I had to be really careful. And yet, you know, Jesus, we're still teaching what Jesus taught. And he was just profoundly gifted at this. And the thing that struck me was he was different from everyone around him because of the beliefs he had about his students, whether those were the learned, the, the, the men, the women, but the children. The children back when Jesus walked on earth— were the forgotten generation. You know, if you were, they were swept behind mama's skirts. Nobody paid attention to them until their moment of becoming adults. And yet when the learned men, like who among us is the greatest, Jesus called a child out. And I picture the men mumbling, did he hear the question right? Yeah, you I can know? imagine. Because can't you see the look on their faces? Yeah, like, wait a that. second. That can't be true. No. And then Jesus, when you know the, the disciples, the people wanted to bring children to Jesus, and the disciples rebuked the people. And Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me. You guys, Jesus was more important than we'll ever be, with a more important agenda than we'll ever have, busier than we will ever be. And yeah. he said, let the little children come to me. And mm. if you continue in that scripture, it says, because, in essence, they thirst for heaven. Yes. They thirst for the kingdom. Yes. And that child's attitude, that child's you oh. know, pure, want to learn nature. For you us know? to not get in their way, yeah. right? Which is so challenging. I, mean, I think that's what Jesus was going after. These kids are acting like the kingdom. Yes. And that is this this sponge that wants to be filled with truth. I love that. And I think it's so good. And I want us to believe those things for our children. And I want us to understand that when children know they're valued, they're teachable. When children know that they matter to you, they're not an inconvenience or not in your way, but they matter to you, then you earn the right to teach these hard things like 
respect for others and putting others first. It, it's kind of odd to think of that, though, that Jesus was saying, these kids have better wisdom than the Pharisees and the scribes, oh, seriously? the learned ones. That's pretty interesting. And, and well, I think another point real quick is that to teach the novice is often easy, right? Like, I'm, I do believe yeah. that any adult listening to us can learn these qualities. Character is always something we can become better at. And yet to teach the one who doesn't know much is easier because you don't have to start from a bad platform. You can start from scratch. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Give the kids in your life a faith-building gift that keeps on giving. Focus on the Family Canada's kids' magazines are filled with fun activities and biblical truths about the God who loves them. Clubhouse for ages 8 to 12, Clubhouse Junior for 3 and up, and Brio for teen girls. Every subscription helps support families across Canada through biblically-based guidance, resources, and prayer. Take the stress out of the holiday shopping this year. Entertain your kids and support families. Visit shop.focusonthefamily.ca. This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Make your strong marriage even stronger with Focus on the Family Canada's new marriage enrichment conferences and retreats. Based on the proven, biblically-based principles that come directly out of the Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Counseling Program, these principles provide couples with practical tools to create a more vibrant, intimate, and loving marriage. For registration details, call 1-833-TO-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. That's 1-833-TO-ENRICH or visit enrichyourmarriage.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Okay, Kathy, this next question is so close to my inadequacy, it hurts to ask it, but I need to. Okay. And that is, uh, you know, getting practical on how we can teach character to our kids. Why is it important to not overprotect our mm. children? Mm. I tend to do that. I really do. It's, it is my parenting weakness. I appreciate your humility. It's a great quality that you have. <laughs> And there's others who are absolutely in your space. I'm thinking 80% of us as parents yeah. might fit this. Yeah, and, and sometimes it's because we don't want to look bad, and it's sometimes because we, we really don't want our kids to hurt. I would say mine is just I don't want them to go through the pain I went through. Yeah, yeah. So and, the the idea is noble, but the outcome may not be so noble. <laughs> exactly, because w- if I ask you, did you gain anything from the difficulties, you would say yeah, yes. Right. You know, if we read you know Romans 5 and James 1 – we read that walking through the difficulties is what gives us more of a biblical character and also more of an awareness of who God is for us. When I ask my audiences how many of you have better character and and greater faith because of the challenges, the hands go up. And also when I ask, do you value greatly the things you've worked hard for? Every hand goes up. So if we overprotect, they lose. So we need to back out and we need to leave the room and we need to let the consequences do their work. Now, 
please make sure you understand me. I'm not saying watch a kid get hit by a car. You know, yeah. if your kid's going to run out, out into the street, yell stop. Don't or stand spiral there. down. Yeah, or spiral addictions down. Addictions or yeah, something. Don't get stand engaged. there and go, what would, yeah. what would Dr. Kathy want me to do? No, but in the day-to-day living of life, they need to suffer the consequences of their choices. If they don't study, they earn a C. It wasn't that the teacher was mean. They earned a C because they forgot to study. If they don't grab the jacket, even though you told them it's going to be windy by the time they come home and they get cold and they complain, you look them right in the eye. You chose to not believe me and you chose to not bring a jacket. You are suffering the consequences of your decision. I hope next time you'll listen to me. These are the real conversations that we have to have. No, it's true. I'm laughing because I did all those backwards. <laughs> I'll run that jacket down to you. Don't worry. You need and, to be warm. And you know what, Jim? A little bit of that is fine. Yeah. A little bit of grace and mercy goes a long well, way. Well, it does demonstrate those characters. Absolutely. You know, I love you enough to do this for you today. Don't count on me all the time. Mm. And then we, we teach the kids that, that policy, if you will. Kathy, also in the book, you mentioned four ways to communicate in a helpful way. (laughs) I think that's good (laughs) emphasis in a helpful way. There's lots of unhelpful ways we Mm -hmm. parents can communicate. What did you do? (laughs) I cannot believe you did that. That is an unhelpful example. I would agree. (laughs) And John, do you have a helpful one? Uh, I can only aspire to what you just said. Maybe you could do better next time, sweetheart. Mm. Something like that. But anyway, get to the point there on uh, helpful ways. One of my favorite ways to teach character to children is to use the word choice because every behavior starts with choice and all choices are rooted in a worldview, which is why we want it to be a biblical worldview. And you're saying use that word. Absolutely. So, you know, you chose to slam the door. No, it just slipped. No, you chose to slam the door. Door, Doors don't slam on their own. You know, you chose to talk back, which demonstrates a disagreeable spirit. You know, you chose to not study. You chose to cause your child, your sister pain. No, no, I didn't. My favorite is to say to a kid, a, a child came to me and said, my parents say that I'm disrespectful, but I don't know what I'm doing that causes them to think I'm disrespectful. So I talked about, do you argue, talk back, always have a better idea, push the chair into the table, do you roll your eyes? And this nine-year-old boy says to me, well, yeah, but my eyes just roll. <laughs> no, seriously. Like I'm not controlling yeah. them. Yeah, and I'm it's like, no, physical you, you tell them there's a belief system you have that's telling your eyes to roll. No, they just roll. So I stared him down and I said, okay, I want your eyes to roll without you telling them to roll. And I just stared him down. And of course, he couldn't do it. Uh-huh. And he ends up just laughing. And that was the way that I taught him that he's choosing a belief that causes an external behavior that's observable. So you chose to roll your eyes. So why did you do that? Well, my dad doesn't understand me. Well, let's talk about that. What do you want him to understand about you so that you can respect his input? Yeah, Meaningful so conversations. The word choice, very powerful. What, did you, what are you going to choose to do? What choice will you make? You chose to talk back. You chose to cheat. Well, no, but everybody around me, you chose to cheat. Put it on them, you guys. As hard as that mm-hmm. is, if they don't understand that they made decisions, they won't know that they can change their decisions. Yeah, there's an empowering here for parents to equip that. their kids to understand that in the background, there's always something that they can choose to do, right? Yes. Because I think I think I was guilty of, of kind of prescribing, this is what you do. And I've gotten to a point in my ripe old age of saying, well, you could choose to do that. Uh, and letting go of the consequences. Yes, let the consequences do their work. Yeah. So there's three more. What are they? Right. I like the phrase, you are being careful, you are being diligent, you are being other-centered. 
because in reality, we are not something 24-7, 365, as much as I wish that we were. So if you say you are careful, it sounds like they are consistently careful. But when you say you're being careful, it reinforces the word Choice hmm. and it's action, not character. I love it. it's it's character showing up in action. Yeah, but I, what I mean is sometimes as parents, because we don't do that, we're it feels to the child like we're attacking them. Oh yeah, good point. Their person, their person, right, rather right, right. than their behavior. Right. So when you're saying you're being, yeah, you're actually going after the the behavior and not them as the person. Yeah, I, I love like that. that. Yeah. So you're being lazy. Well, no, I'm not. No, you are being lazy. You are choosing to sit and just veg in front of the game while everybody else in the family is busy taking care of business and you're watching us. As opposed to saying, you're lazy. Right. Right. Because doesn't that sound just more like an Terrible. attack? Yeah. So you are being, and then a, a good quality, or you are being in a negative quality, and then you follow up with that. I think that's really powerful and hopeful. And then another thing that I write about in the book, I've written about in other books, and that is the benefit of specific compliments and specific corrections. So again, using the right words. So instead of saying, you are good which is just almost a non-word. Good means I've judged you and I'm happy, but it doesn't allow them to do it again. Right. We can say you are generous, you are outgoing, you are compassionate, you are being careful, you are being, you are being compassionate, you are being careful. Much more specific. It, it is, and it allows the kids, back to that word empowering, mm-hmm. they want to be well. So many of my kids, they, they tell me, I don't mean to be a problem, Dr. Kathy. I want to be well. And so they need to know. And the same thing with a specific correction. It doesn't help a kid to say, I don't want any more of that attitude. Right. I had a kid look at me once. Which attitude is it? It's the only attitude I have. I'm in big trouble, you know. So I I didn't know I had other cards in the deck. Yeah. So, you know, rather than being disagreeable, choose to be agreeable. Here's how you can do that. Yeah. So being specific in our language. But again, you guys, it means that we slow down and that we're careful observers and that we have the heart of our children in mind. Oh, that's good. So good. Speaking to uh, teaching connected qualities. Now we're talking about your PhD language. <laughs> what, what is the idea of teaching connected qualities? This was, the, um, this was exciting to me. You know what? I don't write because I like to write. Good heavens. I like to think. I like it when the Spirit delivers new insight. And no joke, back to something we talked about in the first episode when I was in line at the airport and my luggage had been lost and I was, I was discouraged and I started to almost complain like everyone else around me. But I realized that it wasn't just that I was patient, which allowed me to be quiet. I'm optimistic. I'm opt- I, I put others first. I tend to think well of people. And, I'm, and though it's a connected thing. There's, there's a web of traits related. So as an example, forgiveness. If we want our children to learn the quality of forgiveness, which is so rich, they have to be humble. They have to be other-centered. They have to be brave. If you want children to be patient, and I've used that example a lot today because impatience is prevalent in our culture mm-hmm. because of technology. Everything is easy, quick, and about me. You want your kids to be patient. That requires that they have compassion for people around them, that they recognize the situation they're in. So I'm going to slow down and, and not make them more irritable. I have to be cooperative and be a part of the team, whether that's school, family, or church. I need to be flexible. Flexibility is one of my top 48. Not rigid, I'm gonna do it my way or the highway, but flexible. So grandma's sick and we can't go. I'm not gonna complain all day. She's probably more unhappy than I am. Mm. And I'm gonna choose to be flexible, which then allows me to be patient in my situation. So again, 
what I want from for the reader here, Jim, is that they see a quality they want to instill in their children, and it's legit. Generosity. I was stunned at how important generosity is in the research. Let's say I want my kids to be generous with their spirit and their stuff and their time and their, their passion. What are the other things that would need to be addressed? And maybe as a family, we sit down and family values. Our whole family wants to become more generous. What are the other qualities that are going to be related to that that we need to look for, build up, and talk about? Mm. And it makes it, I think, less overwhelming because we don't have to teach 48 qualities like we teach the ABCs separately. We can teach them together, and it makes us rich. It makes it more likely that we will become more like Christ and exhibit this biblical character that I, I want them to parent differently for. That's so good. I hope so. And uh, you can get a copy of this book through Focus on the Family Canada. And when you do, the proceeds go right back into ministry. You know, thousands of people reach out every day to Focus on the Family Canada for help. Couples heading for divorce, parents who are stressed, and others. You can come alongside those folks and give families hope through your support of Focus on the Family Canada. God will use your support to provide biblical resources and programs to save and strengthen families just like yours. So partner with us today. Donate and get your copy of Parent Differently online at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800 the letter A in the word family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ.